Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulliken. I'm Mark Whitman. And on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the new book by Tim Hornbacker. It's been out maybe a month now. The Last Real World Champion, The Legacy of the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Uh, I'm, I'm giving this book to Mark to read. I finished it, and uh, in my review, uh, first of all, let me say I really enjoyed this book. However, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And there is still an opportunity for somebody to write this book, and that is... I guess what got my hopes up is Hornbacker or somebody, people have been posting the NWA World Champion schedules. Like, this is the schedule for the month of May, and you mm-hmm. see all the places they went. And and it's just a fascinating thing to me to see. And I really thought, was hoping, even though I enjoy this book, I was hoping it would really get into the minutia of that. Really? Like for some reason, that's what I was like. I wanted to see like a day by day diary journal, um, and there's a there's a little bit of that, but it really covered. So I thought this book was only going to cover his years as a traveling world champion, but it really is. I mean, it's a biography, right? And it's a it's an excellent one. So I, I, I you know, I put my review out in various places. Highly recommend it. If you're a Ric Flair fan, you got to read this book. It, so before I get into my topic, let me ask one question about this book. One of the things, this is a very well-sourced book. He uses sources that we haven't seen before. Court documents from his divorces, things like that, legal things. One of the things he uses for sources is Ric Flair shoot interviews. Hmm. And my question to you, Mark Whitman, Mm-hmm. Is how reliable how reliable is Ric Flair as a source for his own biography? Slightly more reliable than Hulk Hogan is for <laughs> I would say. Yeah, I don't know, man. I really don't. I I mean, I you know, who nobody is a good good source to tell their story. Right. Truth be told, if yeah. you're if you're giving it cuz I mean, you're going to be biased. Yeah. But it'd be weird, like, and if you were a source, you'd think nobody liked you. Yeah. You know? Right. So you can't really be the source of your own, especially if you're presenting facts. Right. You know? But I get, yeah, I guess if you're, like, there's some things, you know, he'll share a tip, and then you'll you'll go back, and it's from his... That god awful shoot interview he did with High Spots, where he's fighting a dip the Shooting whole time. Is that the worst shoot interview of all time? Oh, uh, no. Not which which me. ones? Which one do you think is worse? Oh, there was um, God. It was actually sad. Oh, um, Terry Gordy. Oh, they did one with him after the that he had the brain damage. Yeah. from from some of his issues. I yeah. think he had. And, and and I may be wrong about this, but I want to say he he legally died. Yeah, and was brought back to life. Right. Right. And, and he, there was some lasting effects. Yeah. Um, with that, and they interviewed him, 
And it was just, it was sad. Yeah. Because it was, hey, do you remember, you know, first of all, the guy interviewing him was like the Chris Farley show. Oh, yeah. Remember the time, you know, y'all did the match with Flair and you slammed? Yeah, y'all, y'all. Old, old Rick, y'all. What do you, we got any, remember anything about, you know, Rick Flair? Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a real good guy. Real good guy. What about, you know, the Kerry Von Erich? Yeah, he was a good guy. He's just a real good guy. Yeah. You know, you wow. have any memories of your time with David Von Eric? Yeah, yeah. He, real good guy. He's a real good wow. guy. And, and I'm not exaggerating. Right. Um, that was kind of how the whole interview went. It was yeah. it was sad to watch. That's, that's one of the worst ones I've seen. Mm. Almost exploitive that they even released it. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, back to what I really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me a question if you don't. No, want no, to ask. no. That was good. That was a good question. Not what I expected. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, man. Uh, I remember us talking about that before, and um, I, th- I think I've watched clips of that, dude. That was terrible. Um, who from today? And, oh, and also, also throw this one out as yeah. worst of all time. Arn Anderson. Yeah. Who, <laughs> who conducted his shoot interview uh, <laughs> as. As though these events really transpired. Yes. About when they, because I remember specifically the moment when it changed when they asked about, you know, when they uh, turned on Luger and the horseman. And he goes, Yeah, I mean, that was a deal where we got there and, you know, we felt like JJ done a lot for us. Yeah. And we were to give him the win in that battle royal and, and Lex didn't agree. And we just felt like it was time to teach him a lesson. Yeah. And I was like, I thought. Wait, is he joking? <laughs> See, that's why it really surprised me to find out he was doing a podcast because I didn't think he would do that. Well, here's you know, his book was written. Yes, his, it like in, like uh, he was really mad at Oli for wanting to spend time with his kid. Yeah, like that's really why we kicked him out of yeah. the Horseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those were like his answers in his shoot interview, were the yeah. storyline answers. Yeah. That they gave in the interview. I mean, in his yeah. shoot interview, he even talks about the Anderson family reunions that he attended. <laughs> um, so, what I want to talk about is again, I'm so fascinated by the schedule of the NWA champion. And they talk about it a little bit in this book how if you're not the champion, you're going from being booked one way. And the minute you become the champion, you assume the bookings that have been made months in advance. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious who from today's <laughs> stars, who from today could be a traveling world champion in the vein of Harley Race, Terry Funk, Ric Flair. Who could pull that off today? Who could go into Anderson, South Carolina and make a guy say, I don't think that Harley race is any good. Paul Jones had him beat all night. The miss. Holy cow. <laughs> You're being serious. Yeah. I don't have to like him. Yeah. If I'm looking for a guy that can walk in, make everybody hate him, have everybody walking out going, our guy should have beaten him. And a guy who could do the schedule. 
Yeah. Holy cow. That's not the answer I expected. I know, man. And it's the answer I deserved. Yeah, for asking me a question like that. I think for all the bad things we have said about, did I see a statistic that he has lost more matches than anybody in WWE history? I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, I saw some statistic, and he like, this is it. Mm. I feel like you kind of shut me down with that one. Is that what you're trying to <laughs> yeah. do? Yeah, that's right. Nobody's going to expect me. What do you want me to I mean, like, Cody Rhodes. I could give you the same answer everybody else. No, I like The Miz. I can give you the real answer, man. Yeah. I, th- I mean, Miz could do all those things. And he could work with anybody. Yeah. yeah. Are you saying that he's a little bit better than maybe we've given him credit Oh, for? no, he's worse. Right. You just, I'm just an- trying to answer the question honestly, though. Yeah. It's because I don't like somebody. I didn't like Goldberg either, but I understand why he was a star. Right. 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 All right. So who do you think? I Miz could have done it. I don't think he gets the votes. I don't think Fritz Von Erich is voting for him. No, there's no way in the world <laughs> anybody's making Miz the in, the traveling NWA world champion. Let's be very clear about that. Right. Nobody with any voting power is going to agree to that. Right. But you just asked who could do it. No, and that's right. <clears throat> Not who do I think they would pick to do it. And that's two separate questions. Two separate questions. Two separate questions. Um, all right, who? If they were picking? Yes. Somebody? I mean, you could take your pick, man. I think you'd, you'd be looking at Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Um. The only problem with Lesnar is I don't – his whole gimmick has never been built around, like, him making the other guy look good. His whole no. gimmick's always been that, that he looks good. So he's probably more of an attraction. And kind of the same with Reigns. Seth Rollins, maybe, um, could, could do that. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. MJF, I mean MJF, Daniel Bryan, yeah, Dan- yeah, Brian Danielson definitely could do that, right? Yeah, <clears throat> he would probably have loved that mm-hmm. if he were single and didn't have a family. Like he would have thrived on that. Yeah, just going around everywhere and wrestling a bunch of different styles. I'm sure he would have. How how um like how I mean Flair. As good as he was, um, got so much infinitely better. It's like when you became the world champion, you already had to be at a certain level. But then when you start traveling everywhere and you're wrestling top notch, you just get exponentially better. And if you look at Flair 81, when he first wins the title, to Flair... You know, 83 is really, you know, you look at Flair 85. That's four years, but that's, man, that's a totally different person. Mm-hmm. Totally yeah, different. I mean, he definitely honed the Nature Boy gimmick, was a full, full-fledged full heel, not a tweener. He was a tweener. Correct. A lot of people forget. Yes. Um, <clears throat> after he beat Harley, he was he was um, not a heel or a babyface. Right. If you don't know the term, it's tweener. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, he was definitely that because he would feud with, like, Buddy Landell and Dusty Rhodes. I think at the first match he and Dusty had was what really started the, the heel turn. Yeah. At the first, at the whatever, Starcade 84. That's yeah. when – because they did the big uh, thing in Charlotte or Greensboro where they kind of got in each other's face. And that, yes. That, that's what really started the heel turn for him. Um, shortly after that, they, they jumped Dusty in the cage and recreated the big turn. One of the things that's addressed in the book is that once Flair was champ, he was still a babyface in the Carolinas, mm -hmm. but was a heel everywhere else. That's what I just said. <laughs> he was a tweener. Well, yes. <laughs> he wrestled. He was a baby face when he needed to be and a heel when he needed to be. That was the the whole deal with him turning on Dusty in the cage was the reason it worked is because everybody thought he was there to save Dusty. Right, right, right. Um, so, all right. Remember they did the Nikita Koloff clothesline, David Crockett, and he stood up for him at right. the same time that he was doing the stuff with Dusty. Yeah, that's cr – yeah, it was – he – man, <coughs> there's a reason – Flair's the best. Yeah. Um, changing the subject a little bit. And again, I'm, I there's a couple of things we've talked about today. I haven't given Mark much runway to think about it. Um, one of the things obviously addressed in the book is the plane crash. Uh-huh. And maybe we've talked about this before. What if, because... Because when Flair's in that plane crash, it's clear this is where we're heading with Flair. He's going to be uh -huh. world champion. What if, what if Flair can't come back from that? I, I've I've thought about this last couple of days because I, I was like, oh, that's an who, I, I and I even looked at nineteen, um, I think the plane crash was in seventy seven or seventy eight. Flair became champion in 81. I looked at like the 81 rankings of who in the NWA could have filled that spot. I don't I don't know that there is someone that could have had the longevity of Flair. You could have had I don't know, man. He was just the, he was the right he and Hogan both. Mhm. Mm the right people for the right moment in the right areas of the country. Mm -hmm. And wrestling is what it is today because, like, the timing was just so perfect for both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the only real options – I don't want to say the only options. I think – I mean, David Von Erich maybe if, right. if he's good. Uh, obviously, I think Dusty Rhodes probably would have – Carried it for a couple of years. I don't think there's any doubt that it, that Dusty would have done that, but he may not have wanted to work that that schedule. I don't right. know. Um, Ricky Steamboat <clears throat> could have had the match quality, but I don't know that Steamboat how he would have done going in and them saying our guy should have beat him. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that would have worked, you know. Uh, but he could definitely go in and have some great matches. Um, around the country. Right. Um, do you think, and I, I'm sorry, man, I'm just, all these questions are coming to my head and you know, I get fascinated with the minutia and I'm sorry. Do you think, obviously the NWA is not here anymore. There are multiple reasons. I mean, if you haven't read Hornbacker, 
If you haven't read Hornbacker's book, Death of the Territories, fascinating read. Do you think, as I'm thinking about, because basically they would elect the champion once a year. Mm-hmm. And there might be title changes throughout the year, but they were only for a couple of weeks. Was that ultimately, obviously when the NWA from 48 to late 70s, that was probably a strength for the company. But do you think as we got into the 80s, like Steamboat, I think Steamboat could have had a good three, four-month run at that schedule. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that he could have gone a year. No, no. I mean, but you got to – as we got into the 80s, the NWA was Jim Crockett promotion. No, that's right. And that and that's something that's um, – yeah, You had other territories, yeah. but it was – Yeah, there was – heads Head and shoulders, it was the territory to be in. Right, right. Um, and I think part of that – is it because of Ric Flair? Probably 90% of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think a lot of it, though, I think I think you're seeing it a little differently, though. Uh-huh. I think uh, one reason that, it, that so many people wanted to come here was not only that the payoffs were good, because the people here, we didn't have sports. Right. There was no professional sports. Mm. So – people went to the wrestling matches and not just in Greenville. Right. In Greensboro, in Charlotte, in Georgia, in Asheville. Everywhere there was wrestling, the people went out to it because there was no professional sports here outside of the Atlanta Braves. Right. Um, who were not good. And and right, who were not good. Right. And that, that bears repeating. Yeah, they were not good. And then you had, you know, you had football, college football for a few months. Right. And you had NASCAR. So there was no pro sports, so everybody went to wrestling. And they made good payoffs. And basically every town was, if you lived in Charlotte or if you lived in Atlanta, every town was essentially within driving distance of your house. Right. You know, so if you lived in Charlotte, you know, you drove down to Greenville and then you you did the match and you were back home before yeah. midnight. Right. If you head over to Greensboro and then maybe you go to the Omni, you know, and, that, and maybe you got to stay overnight in Atlanta one night, but you're back right. home the next day. Even if you go from, from Charlotte to Atlanta, you're still only looking at what, three hours. Yeah. Three, four hours. You know, if you, if you hop on the interstate and the traffic's good, you know, Three, like you said, three and a half, four hours. You know, if you leave at nine o'clock, you're home by one in the morning. Heck, you you get up, you see your wife, you see your kids. You don't have to leave till, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. A lot of traffic coming through. I oh, think yeah, that yeah, event is left that let must out. Have. I was just I saw somebody walking by. Oh. I just was kind of seeing. What Normally, we're in a pretty secluded location. Yeah. Yeah. They were walking by my truck, you know. Just, oh, you want nobody, to, <laughs> want nobody to steal my stuff, you know? I think there's a half a bag of pork rinds in there from the last time oh. we got together. <laughs> um, well, one thing that's addressed in the book that I didn't know was like I can't remember what year in the eighties, but like the Crockett's signed Flair to a pretty exclusive contract. Mm-hmm. And it was really good foresight. They knew he was going to be NWA champion, but it really gave them a lot of the power. And that's 
Again, you talk about timing. Ric Flair becomes the champion right as some of the key people in the NWA, Mushnick and Geigel, they're, they're kind of on their way out. And then um, there was always uh, Barnett was the one booking the champion. He booked the champion every year. And then he goes to WWE. So all this is happening at the same time. And Crockett signs him to kind of this exclusive deal to really, he knows Flair's going to be the champion. And now he's got control of not only the champion, but the championship. It was just this, I mean, it's just this fascinating. It's fascinating to just kind of see these dominoes fall. Yeah, because the other big, you know, Watts promotion, which they wind up buying, once again goes back to the payoffs were not always. You would hear these stories about oh, all these yeah. bad payoffs, finding everybody all the time, having to deal with Bill Watts. And because the territory was so big, everything wasn't within drought. Thing, right. They, they would have a show. And tomorrow they might be 500 miles away. Right. They might go from Oklahoma to Louisiana. Right. Um, so, yeah, people didn't like being there. You don't ever hear – I mean, you, you've heard Austin. Pretty much everybody that worked in Mid-South has a story about bad payoffs in Mid-South, but you don't hear that about Crockett. No. You don't even really hear that about Vince. You hear about Vince mm-hmm. – but you know, my contract was for a hundred dollars. That was my downside guarantee, you know. And then I sold a thousand action figures and made right. up for it. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's just, again, this is um a really good book. It 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 is it it's it's fascinating to me to think about how much the wrestling business has changed. Uh, and then you mentioned the NWA still being here. They just announced, you know, in the last couple of weeks, they're bringing back the territory system. Yeah, I heard something about that. And I have, what are they, you know, come on, man. Now, they also got a TV deal. Well, what they're hoping the is they can say, hey, if you like, if you want to run a show as the NWA, you can pay us $30 one time. <laughs> and we'll let you run a show and you can call yourself the NWA. And then people will come because they recognize that. It's the number one brand in professional wrestling today. So they'll recognize that, you know. So you just give us that 30, it's one time. Now you still have to pay to use the NWA name each time. Right. You know, but you just pay that $30 one time, then you can give us, you can pay us every other time. I don't know how that was. Somehow they're supposed to make money. <laughs> I would love to see Billy Corgan's taxes. I would love to see NWA tax return and just see how much money is that Joker losing. He's not losing money. That's the great thing about people like that who have a lot of money. Yeah. Like, you know, our government can lose trillions of dollars, but they know every dime I made on eBay this year. Yeah. They're going to make sure they tax me for that. Right. So he, rich people don't lose money. That's true. They find a way to ride it off. Right. They find a way to make the money they lost make them money back. They It counters the taxes they would have paid anyway. Hmm. You know, it's almost like a bunch of rich people got together and made rules that just benefit them. And then they're all, and then then they gave us the illusion that we elected them. (laughs) 
The thing that drives me crazy is to know that all these people are sitting around at their fancy tables eating their boxes of fudge or their bags of fudge <laughs> they round. Their bags of fudge round. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that guy. Whoo. Boy, his fifteen minutes. They didn't last long. It was more like a like one of them little snapping pops. Dude, I uh, <laughs> I he hadn't posted anything on. Uh, now I think they had a baby, and he uh, and uh, but well, he, he'll probably write a song about that. And, yeah, more power to yeah, him. Hey man, look good for. I wish you know something like that would happen for us, where we could go viral and get rich and then disappear. Isn't that the dream, right? Go viral. Get rich, disappear. Mm. One of those ain't happening. One True. of them highly unlikely. One of them very likely. Yeah. What well, does disappearing? Yeah. We've already done that. You got to be there to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're not on anyone's radar. No, but isn't that kind of good? Because sometimes you slip up and so you'll say something and yeah. go, "Man," I don't, but then you realize, "Ah, hey, nobody listens to this." There, I, like, I think the only people listening are you and me. Sometimes you'd be surprised. What a dude! I get the email every month. You had this many downloads every month. I'm like, we're getting more downloads than when we were trying. Like when I was like intentionally, I'm going to post here. I'm going to post here. I'm going to post here. When I was trying to go viral, when I was trying to catch the wave. But that's the way it works, man. Is that if the way? You, it's just like with women. If you act like you're interested, they don't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> you know? And see, I know that. And I can't not act yeah. interested. It's a it's a it's it's a oh, sickness. It really is. We talked about this earlier. It is yeah. a sickness. And know? I know. I know. I had a very wise man sit down with me over lunch today, and he laid out the preposterousness of my situation. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Nothing you said is wrong. I know it's preposterous. Yeah, It is what it is. But if that's what you like, you know, hey, if you know what it is and nobody's getting hurt, then, yeah. hey, more power to you. I don't care. I'm, I'm happy to oblige anybody's delusions about <laughs> I don't care, man. I'll share here. Listen, I'll share one big delusion as a country. <laughs> I don't care, man. It doesn't. That's why I just wish more people would accept that. Right. Like, we would be better off if people would say, "Go believe whatever you want to believe." Right. Like, who cares? It's not my business. The same politicians, and I'm not saying this is good policy or not. The same politicians who four years ago, two years, three years, whatever, said. We don't have $5 billion to enhance our border security. Mm -hmm. But we do have $100 billion to send to Ukraine. Right. And here's the thing. Whenever you see on the news that we are sending money, let me be, whenever you see on the news that the United States spent money, we do not have that money. Right. We are borrowing money from somewhere. Oops. We're borrowing the money from somewhere to send it. Are you going to get us both assassinated? <laughs> <talk about that? laughs> somewhere else. 
like Farza. Oops. This is the first time hearing of who are these oops you speak I'm of. sorry. I've never heard of them. I'm sorry. I, Rollins. Rollins. Sounds like a conspiracy theory to me, Heath. You need to stop engaging in these ridiculous, ridiculous theories and come back on down and live in the real world with the rest of them. I'm so sorry. What I'm saying is. Anyway. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, it's a good book. I hope you enjoy it, Mark. Last Real World Champion, Tim Hornbacker. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And David Lee Roth, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of the Double Drop Kick Show. We keep plugging along and putting out the hits and giving you the kind of content you've been asking for and searching for your whole life, even though you didn't know it. So, for the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulligan. I have no idea who these people are that you're talking about. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.